If there's one word that defines the book of Mark, it's the word immediately. We find that word riddled throughout the gospel of Mark, and for good reason. Mark is on a mission, and he's not letting any grass grow under his feet. In fact, the first miracle of Jesus is recorded before chapter 1 even ends. We're taking a look at the man healed who had an unclean spirit about him. It is a message called the bondage breaker. It can be found in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 33. That's where we invite you to join us as we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Chris Gordon, focusing in on who Jesus is, our bondage breaker. For the marvelous details, here's Pastor Chris once again, and today's Abounding Grace. The ministry of Jesus came with such power and such authority because it was time for judgment to begin. Here's my question. Here's my question. How long had the people been coming up to the synagogue to worship? They got in their synagogue clothes. They kept coming up to the synagogue every single Sabbath. They heard the call to praise. They heard the Bible readings of the Old Testament. The scribes got up and they preached Everyone went back home and nothing happened. How long? The demon had been assigned to this synagogue. We see this in Scripture. that The devil has done this. Daniel shows that. Demons are assigned places. He had stationed one of his demons at this synagogue. And he was perfectly content with the worship of of the people. Isn't that something? He was content. He never shrieked out before. He was content with what they were hearing. He was content with how it was going. And I stop and I think, what in those stars were they getting? Did you notice the contrast that Mark made? Jesus came to preach with authority, not as the scribes. The scribes were the primary teachers in Israel. Everyone went to the synagogue to hear the all-wise scribes uh, to supposedly explain the scriptures to them. R.C. Sproul said the scribes were like the PhDs in theology. Their opinions were accorded with great weight by the scribes. So what they would do is that they would get up and they would give their interpretations, but it was nothing more than an academic exercise. I mean it. Uh, They did nothing but endlessly quote the other scribes. They loved to quote the other scribes. They were constantly after the approval of men. In fact, some of them had believed, but in John's gospel it said they would not confess Jesus because they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. If you ever read the Talmud, which is a collection of Jewish writings, they just ramble and dispute and ramble and dispute. William Henderson said it's as dry as dust. They were so disconnected from the people. They were endlessly training other scribes to be like this. Totally disconnected. Um, One of the biggest observations about the teaching of the scribes was that they wasted all their time on trivialities. Uh, The minutia. Nothing of it was beneficial to the spiritual life of the people. 
In fact, this is what burdened our Lord when he came uh, into the Jewish tight-knit community. It was a community tied to superimposed traditions of the law. And, and, and remember this, when uh, that was the concern, you, you hear Matthew 15 come out. The Pharisees and scribes came from, to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And you say, what? That's what you're concerned about? See how out of whack the priorities were? Aren't you concerned people are dying? Do you even believe in hell anymore? Aren't you concerned about that? Aren't you, or are you worried about debating the fine points of the law? It had become a self-righteous club no one could get into. Church leaders were in front saying, God, I thank you, I'm not like these other men out there. While the real problem of the people in back beating their chest over their sins wasn't getting handled. You know, people can get really comfortable in this. That's what amazes me. Isn't it something you could, you could come up to worship every Sunday uh, for years? You could go through the tradition of the elders for years, hear thousands of sermons. You could be the most religious people on the face of the earth. You could keep the tradition to a T. What does that tell you? There are certain ministries in the name of Jesus that have no power. Nothing ever gets to the conscience. And the people are fine with it. They did their synagogue duty. They put on their nice clothes. They headed out, had a great lunch. Great, we did church today. Mark says a demon was really pleased with that. In other words, the kind of ministry you would want to attend is one that the demon would never want to stay quiet about. And it's not in the things that we value or the things that we think that make the demons screech out. A demon would love a church with no reverence for holiness, no one teaching, te- taking much seriously about anything, uh, a church looking like the world. Uh, the message is everything's fine. You guys are all doing great. Good job. Demon would love that because the heart of your need is not being addressed. You think Jesus would be telling people if he were here today how to manage their finances? Think that would be his priority? You think Jesus would be out today giving steps to this to have a great life? This night, your soul may be required of you. That's on his mind. Now that helps us to understand the ministry of Jesus, doesn't it? You know what happened when Jesus went into the synagogue? Well, you can kind of put this together from the other Gospels. In the Old Testament, he would read, and this is what we have in Luke's Gospel. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed in their lives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he handed it back to the attendant and he sat down, the attendant sat down and all the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
Whoa. Who ever said that? I fulfill that right now. I fulfill it. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the, ready? Gracious words that were coming from his mouth. Mark chose the word authority. It means out of source. So Jesus' teaching was out of the source. This is what he'd been saying in John's gospel the whole time. I speak to the world, the, the, world, the things that I heard from my father. It's right out of the source. He is out of the source. He's preaching the gospel with conviction. But most of all, he wasn't giving dry, muddled expositions. His goal wasn't the dissemination of information over disputes and controversies. He had one goal in his preaching. You know what it was? The conversion of people's lives. That they would repent and believe the gospel. It was to bring the truth of the gospel so powerfully to bear on the people's consciences that when they heard him preach, they understood it was a matter of life and death. You can't walk out of here neutral. You got to decide to go one way or the other. That was preaching in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That's why there was so much opposition to him in his ministry. Uh, demons were content with the ministry of the scribes. Not this. <laughs> Not this. Because it's getting into hearts. I assure you, if your Judaism was an affluent, prosperous, don't press me too much, don't make me feel uncomfortable, don't make me feel conviction, Jesus, you would have hated listening to. In fact, many people who were very religious walked away from him. Would you have been one that walked away from him because he made you so uncomfortable about your life? The people had been confronted so directly and so powerfully. Everything was stirred up. Dust was kicked up everywhere. All hell broke loose. <laughs> and that should tell you something about preaching. Everyone today aims for a comfortable environment where visitors feel non-threatened. Nothing can be off-putting. His preaching was so uncomfortable for those who never wanted to turn that in Luke, he was in the synagogue of Nazareth before this. And listen to this. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. They were done with him. But others were overtaken. All these broken sinners were coming to him and receiving relief. Uh, the, the woman at the well, Nicodemus, uh, the blind, the sick, the lame, all the needy were, were getting forgiven. Gracious words were coming to them. This ministry caused an uproar. And here's the uproar Mark wants you to think about. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Mark wants to show you something here. Pull back the veil. What the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ coming upon the earth, here's the demonic view of it. Here's the demonic response to it. When the demon hears the word of Jesus, look at his response, Mark says. Look at what they understood was happening. We read, the demon says, I know just who you are. You had a demon recognize his voice. 
He knew that voice. He knew him because this was God incarnate. And the demon, with this kind of, after hearing this kind of authority, is shrieking out in fear and panic over the word of Christ because he thinks it's over. He's come. It's done. It's done. He is trembling so much he can't help but cry out because years ago he heard this voice say to him, Jude tells us this, that all the demons were reserved in chains of darkness for the judgment of the great day. After the fall, God doomed them. He cursed them forever. They're done. They're going to hell. It's sealed. Their doom is sealed. They have nothing to look forward to except eternal fire. They can't be saved. And this demon says, have you come to do it now? Is now the time. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. In other words, the demons believe. James says that, that even the demons believe and shudder. So they believe and then they tremble at the word. You know, we all have this questioning of God among humans today. Think, of, th- think about what goes on to try to disprove his existence. Think about all the hatred of God from hum- humanity. We have atheists. We have everyone under the sun questioning everything about God. There's no fear of him in the earth. Remember Romans 3, there's no fear of God in their eyes. Look at how he's treated by humans. And Mark says, look at how he's treated by demons. They had no problem believing in the Holy One of God. The whole spiritual realm was set ablaze by his presence. They are utterly falling apart before him. They heard him speak. The kingdom is here. They are listening to the gospel that has no intention for them And all hell is breaking loose because they think the time of their eternal torment begins. So what are they doing? Confessing His name. That's what's going on here. You have to understand, the Lord told us, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. They're doing it. They're doing it right now. The time has come. How wonderful a scene is this then? For this reason. Mark told you at the beginning, this is the time of gospel refreshing for you. Who is the sad case in this story? The man who was overtaken by a demon. We don't know his name. We're not told. I would imagine week after week, he went up to the synagogue to worship. I would imagine week after week, he heard all the the synagogue sermons. Look at the darkness gripping his life. I, I think we look at a passage like this and demonic possession and we reform people so we don't believe in that. We don't believe in that. And, and we really are missing the point. There may not be a demon under every pew. They are present. Can't you see the havoc they wreak? The mere fact that this could happen, doesn't it tell you of the darkness that prevails over people's minds and hearts, influencing their hearts and their minds. We we go through our days, we get up in the morning and we act like this is no big thing. This is no big thing, you know. And all the while we may come every Sunday to worship God. All sorts of stuff's going on. 
The scriptures tell us you don't wrestle with principalities and powers, but uh, I mean, you don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers of the rulers of the darkness, the prince of the power of the age who now rules in the sons of disobedience. This is what you're wrestling with. You want to know how prevalent the darkness is? A man one day who had every intention never to deny his Lord and had a good intention to stop the Lord from going to the cross His name was Peter. It will never happen that you're going to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. Peter was not possessed. What Jesus saw was Satan right there. Jesus saw it. He was directly involved in attacking. Satan is asked to sift you as wheat. You know that goes on? Here's my point this morning. There was only one who could undo this mess. 1 John 3.8 The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. The world sits back and it can't explain why all these terrible things are happening. Isn't it just something? You think you're going to regulate that with gun control? You think you're going to really stop shootings? They, They can't figure out all this evil. They can't figure out all these things that are going on. In fact, they're blinded to it. They can tear apart babies and they don't even care. We know that behind all of this activity are demons in hearts that are receptive to it. Look at the havoc. Oh, the bondage. Don't you see it? And Mark says today to you, do you see how much authority he has? Do you see his power? But Jesus rebuked him. Be silent. Come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out right right then, right there. He was out. The man was free. In the synagogue from the mere word of Christ, Jesus commands his release with a demon overtaking his life. Immediately that demon flees. Jesus gives a solemn warning. As the demons were running around proclaiming him, Jesus gives a solemn warning and says, don't you say anything else. Shut up. You say, well, why did he stop the demons from saying it? The word he, he chose here is that he wrapped a muzzle around the demon's mouth. In fact, the end of verse 33 says he didn't allow the demons to speak because they knew him. People have been puzzled by that. The answer is simple. The demons can't keep silent about him. They have to cry out realizing He's the Son of God and bow the knee. But why does He stop this? The time is not yet. And He won't have demons testifying of Him. He has a testimony of Himself and He gives that to us. (laughs) He won't have demons doing that. Mark wants your heart set on the Son of God this morning. He has that much power to bring you freedom. He has that much power to set you free. His Word, His Gospel is freedom to you. And it's the most encouraging message to you this morning. The king has the ability to obliterate all darkness and he will over people's lives ultimately. But Mark presses us with a response. Saying to you, do you know who's come? Do you know the day of your visitation? They had all come up on the Sabbath day. They had all heard, they were all mesmerized by his 
power of his preaching. They were taken by his authority. They were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. They had never been confronted with the truth that way. The impact of this is, should be how the demons responded to his coming. Every demon shrieks, panics, drops, despairs, bows, trembles at the word, believes it's the Son of God, (laughs) trembles before the Son of God, can't keep their mouth shut about the Son of God. That's the demon's response. But the people, wow! That was amazing! Really? I hope next time we get to come up to the synagogue and hear something like that again. I hope next time we get to go and see a show like that again. Jesus is interesting. He is so interesting. Demons and unbelievers go to the same lake of fire on that day. Think of the glorious truth then in closing the gospel. Demons had no chance for salvation. It's over for them. Jesus holds off the time of final judgment for you. Instead of wrath, right now, this powerful Son of God with all authority in His gospel speaks His gospel to you right now and He's inviting you to come instead for forgiveness in life. He desires to free you from your darkness. Have you responded to the Son of God? Mark is so urgent in repentance and turning from your sins. Fear Him, reverence Him, bow Him, confess His name now because you can do it without judgment. Turn like the demons would if they could. You see this? Turn like the demons would if they could because everything is about to be put under His feet. And if He's not your Savior, He's your enemy. So don't just be amazed with him. Don't just be interested in him. Don't just walk up to the the, the church every Sunday and go home and have nothing affect you. Come to him for life. His powerful voice today has come to you in the preaching of the gospel. It's saying, believe and you will be saved. All you who are weary, heavy laden, burdened, stricken with guilt, sorrowful, in bondage to another master, Come to me, says Jesus, and I will set you free. You repent and believe, and I will set you free. That's his wonderful gospel, and he has the power to do it. He is the Son of God. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a wonderful text. So powerful to show your intention, and how wonderful you are to give us this day of refreshing in your Son, so that we can come and find life. Oh, let us hear that voice and not harden our hearts to it. Let us not just be amazed. Let us cry out, believing, trusting, confessing, realizing that you are and believing in the eternal Son of God who came to save us from all of our sins. Give us true repentance and faith and encourage our hearts that you've broken the darkness, you've shattered the bondage, and we have nothing but the joy 
held out before us of being with you forever in glory as our friend. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are out of time today, and we'll close today's program out. But look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies here in God's Word with Pastor Chris Gordon here on Abounding Grace. Questions, comments about the program, we always are delighted when you take a moment and reach out to us. You can do so by email, questions at agradio.org. Again, questions at agradio.org. Now, that may be the address, but you are more than welcome to send along suggestions, comments, praise reports, prayer requests, not just questions alone. Again, you can reach us at questions at agradio.org. You can learn more about us at agradio.org. Also, listen to past radio programs. Again, that's agradio.org. Or call us, 888-504-8805. Again, that's 888-504-8805. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Visit our website for those links to the platforms that you like to follow. Again, agradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Until next time, God bless. Abounding Grace is brought to you on this radio station by Abounding Grace Radio Ministries. Hi, this is Chris Gordon, pastor of the Escondido United Reformed Church. I'd like to invite you to our Sunday worship services at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We have two worship services, 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. We preach Christ and Him crucified with the goal that you would live in the joy of this comfort in the knowledge of the forgiveness of all of your sins. 1864 North Broadway is the address here in Escondido. We'd love to see you this Sunday.